You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, 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 excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Imagine had the tobacco industry been immune to, process, to being sued. Come on. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, when the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. is in a crucial stage it's not because of foreign wars we wage it's more to do with the colors blue and red too many laws and too much government can you tell me where the constitution went the bill of rights is just hanging by a thread so many people trying to cross the border and politicians build a new world order Many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you when. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free.
Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from historic, lovely, beautiful, and the weather was so very nice today, <laughs> Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic day. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on uh, Internet platforms like The Last Frequency or on terrestrial radio like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority. Uh, you might need to know that the time of the live broadcast, while I'm sitting here talking to this microphone and, of course, to all of you guys in turn, happens to be uh, April 14th, 2022. It is a Thursday. And it was a fun day if you happen to be me. Uh not just because of all the fun uh, going on at the old day job, but a lot of interesting news. First and foremost, want to give uh, multiple props to the Kentucky State Legislature as they uh, got the lead out and overrode two vetoes. One, the governor had vetoed uh, a law that is designed to ban transgender athletes from girls' sports. In other words, if you're a biological dude and you want to compete as a female, sorry, not in Kentucky. Well, the legislator passed it, but well, the legislators, plural, both the House and the Senate, they passed the bill, they sent it to the governor's desk. Uh, the governor there, of course, is a major lefty Democrat who is still desperate to move higher in the uh, national ranks, and at some point may very well. He's got the name recognition. He's got a lot of going for him. But uh, the folks back in the legislature, uh, they decided, you know what? We've got the votes. We're going to move forward with the will of the people of the state of Kentucky because that's how it's supposed to be done. And they overrode the veto. And then, then uh, they took the next step. There was a second bill that was passed in both the House and the Senate there in the state went to the governor's desk where he vetoed it. This was a limitation on abortion bill, basically saying no more abortions after 15 weeks. Again, after that veto, the legislators looked at each other and said, you know what? We've got the power, we've got the strength, and again, we're going to listen to the will of the people of the state of Kentucky, and they stepped up, and they got it done. They overrode the veto. It is now, both of these cases are now law in the state of Kentucky, so hat tip to you fine, fine folks, neighbors directly to the north of me here in Tennessee. So good job, guys. Very proud of you. Then, of course, there was the ongoing saga all day long, of which I had to spend some time getting caught up on because I heard the very first part early today, uh, the ongoing saga of the continuing Elon Musk versus Twitter's kind of take over Twitter, back to versus Twitter uh, feud. And uh, it was just all kinds of fun. The day started off with Elon having made a straight-up offer to buy all outstanding shares, sent that directly to the board of directors, made a, a great offer from the standpoint of a shareholder. Uh, it's well worth, uh, what is it, $40 billion, I think it was? Uh, yeah, it's 
way more than $40 billion. Well, by way more, I think it's pretty close to like 41, maybe a smidge over. Uh, but when you start talking in billions, that's that's way over, at least when I look at my budget. Billions is way more of a cash offer than I could make. But uh, he made the cash offer, made headlines. Then, of course, uh, the board of directors of Twitter made the announcement, consider it with all due diligence. And, of course, the panic from the left, particularly folks that worked for Twitter, uh, came screaming out. Then uh, blue check marks all over Twitter started threatening that they were just going to leave the platform. And, in fact, somewhere around lunchtime today, I uh, actually took to social media. I haven't been doing that a whole lot lately during my work day. And uh, it was lunchtime. I was off the clock, so uh, it's not like I was uh, doing anything I shouldn't be uh, while I'm getting paid for other purposes. But uh, I went ahead and shared that particular link along with my own little comment. Is it just me or does it sound an awful lot like these leftist whiners are making similar sounding threats to when a lot of leftist celebrities talked about how they were going to leave the United States if Donald Trump was elected? Yeah, because that's kind of what it felt like. It's a lot of what it sounded like. And we all know how many of those leftist celebrities actually left the United States, don't we? There was not a major influx into Canada. There was not a major influx to European countries. In fact, I think the only person that claims to have left as a result of Trump is Madonna. And all you have to do is take a look at the timeline to realize that she had actually already moved to England. Uh, and sorry about that, guys, over there, uh, my friends in the U.K. We, we didn't send her. She went on her own. We just we couldn't stop her. <laughs> we didn't try too hard, I have to admit, but, but we couldn't stop her. All right, so then there was that. And then there was a Saudi Arabian prince who evidently is one of the bigger uh, stockholders, not as large at that point in time, at that moment in time, as what Elon uh, had. I say that because there is a new largest stockholder. Uh, somebody overtook Elon's holdings during the course of the day. That was part of the drama, too. But uh, the Saudi Arabian prince came out and said, No, I reject your offer. I believe that the earnings potential for Twitter is so much more. There is still lots of room for growth. And yes, technically this would be a premium based on current market price. It still doesn't equate to future earnings, which is probably not as good as you might think there, Princey boy. Now, when he issued that statement, this Arabian prince, you'll notice I'm not mentioning a whole lot of names because, you know, it's easy enough to find all this information. Uh, he... He made this statement on Twitter, of course, but when he did it, Elon was actually giving a TED Talk. And once he had completed his speaking engagement, uh, he came across that tweet, and he responded asking two questions of the Arabian prince, asking how much of the kingdom... Uh, <laughs> How much of Twitter did the kingdom actually own, directly or indirectly? And what were the kingdom's uh, thoughts in regards to free speech? Now, we all already know the answer to that part. 
not not big on the notions of free speech or women's rights over in the Saudi Arabian kingdom. Not really too far removed from the Islamic precepts. Uh, the royal family doesn't think too highly of the idea, uh, mostly because they know should free speech ever truly take hold in the kingdom, then uh, it's going to be members of the royal family that are most harshly criticized. They kind of take it personal, don't like it too much. So there was that statement, and it was interesting enough as well. It was kind of fun, uh, if you kind of followed the whole thing. Uh, these leftists on Twitter uh, saying things like, Elon can F off, and so on and so forth, and it's... Uh, it's funny. Uh, some folks said that Elon's formal letter to the Twitter chairman in his bid to buy the company uh, snuck in a marijuana joke. I, I've read, read it cursory at one point. Uh, I didn't get it. I haven't went back to go read it to see if maybe, maybe I did catch it, but uh, it's interesting enough. And, and then it kind of settles down towards the end with uh, he's now – saying this uh, you know he's come out kind of harshly towards Twitter as it looks like they're going to reject the offer but during that TED talk uh, Elon did say that if the offer to buy the company is rejected that there is a plan B and that is interesting enough as well not certain what that plan B actually is, but there are ways that he can step up and purchase the company without the board of directors agreeing to the sell. It would change the equation. It would change the math. It actually would probably save Elon a ton of money. Because it could involve formally buying a whole lot more shares at current market price instead of the premium he's willing to offer. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a few different ways. First of all, uh, you are talking about the hostile takeover approach. Basically, uh, Musk targets stockholders either by seeking proxy votes or purchasing their shares. Uh, and uh, when a hostile takeover occurs... Basically, what you're saying is there's an outside entity. In this case, it would be Elon. He tries to take over the company without management's consent. So he's tried to go the one route. Doesn't necessarily have to do that either. I mean, he does have the route where he could uh, encourage stockholders to urge other stockholders to let them use their proxy votes. And then, having gathered enough proxies, having them vote to accept Musk offer, even if the board doesn't like it. Now, Twitter could conceivably respond by issuing uh, a blank check preferred stock to defend itself from the hostile takeover, but when you offer up those blank check preferred stocks, well, it can get a little complicated, and it certainly can dilute the value of all of the shares, especially the common shares. 
to issue the blank check preferred stock, a company must amend its articles of incorporation to create a new class of unissued shares, a preferred stock whose terms and conditions may be expressly determined by the company's board of directors. Now, it can be tricky to do so. Twitter doesn't have the dual share classes at the moment, uh, so it would literally have to go in and create them. It would take an effort, which means, again, uh, the board would have to vote, and it would most likely still need to be approved by the common share shareholders. So, you know, tricky stuff. I, for one, still kind of sort of believe that Elon does not necessarily have a plan B. I think he has a plan B, C, and D. I think he's still just kind of trolling them right now, but I do think he would very much like to uh, be responsible for a new social media platform. I think the fact that we have seen the popularity of Parler before it got crushed by the forces that run the Internet, and despite the fact that it has bounced back well, it still doesn't seem to have that same fire. I guess you could say, as it did initially. So when it was out there and first gaining uh, all that momentum, seems like that momentum has been slowed a bit. People don't talk about Parler the same way that they were before it basically disappeared from the Internet for a few weeks until Parler could get their ducks in a row and get themselves back up uh, without the need to have Amazon Web Services host them and all these other things that were going on at the moment. More direct application capabilities rather than having to go through uh, the Google and Apple stores. So, uh, you know, it, it has hurt them to a degree. Uh, True Social, despite only being available on Apple products, even now they still haven't made that jump over to the, uh, the other format the Android format, the format that I have, uh, they are red hot. But I think the fact that you see that uh, Gab has managed to grow and stabilize, uh, you see things like MeWe that's uh, actually starting to catch on pretty well now. They, they've been solid growth since its inception, and they seem to be picked up quite a bit here. Uh, Spreely kind of has their start and stops, and uh, they're doing okay, but... All of these things show that there is room for alternative social media sites. Even Minds.com, uh, which has a no particular political slant. You can find people from every uh, mindset. Uh, they're all still growing. They're doing well. But they still don't possess that level of infrastructure that Twitter does. So I, I think... I think Elon would very much like to make some money off of the stock that he's purchased from Twitter. If he can manage to take control of Twitter, well, then it's already built. All he has to do is put the changes he wants to, to make, just put them in place. But if he can't take over, then he certainly still could force other people to buy more shares to slow him down elevate the overall price, and then he could dump all of his stock at one time, cash in on it, 
thereby also devaluing the uh, shares so that all the folks that bought a ton of stock right now while the pressure is on, uh, they're going to end up taking a bath, and it's their buying in now that's going to go directly into Elon's pocket when he cashes out. And uh, then he's going to turn around and take that money along with all the other money he has, not that he has to have it. But there's just a certain irony at play where he can take that money and say, okay, Twitter, I tried to fix you. You wouldn't have it, so now I'm going to crush you using your money. I, I think that's the ultimate uh, <laughs> ultimate troll, and I, I think he's got all these different contingencies ready. Now, if I'm wrong, if it doesn't play out that way, then so be it, but hey, Elon, if you're listening, that's at least something you should be thinking about. Uh, so anyway, we had all that going on. And it's quite interesting stuff, I have to say. Not quite as interesting, however, as what transpired in New York. Now, we barely talked a little bit just the other day about the uh, Bronx subway shooter. And it's interesting how quickly everyone outside of New York wants the story to just go away now. It went from being a big national news story back to just a local crime story. And, of course, we know why. It's the same typical stuff. It doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit neatly into the idea that it can't be terroristic if it's someone who doesn't have power. It can't be based on racism or supremacy if it's not a white guy doing it. Okay, fair. Fair, right? <laughs> Except it's not, but they're not interested in fairness. They're not interested in equality. They want equity now. They want something of value just given to them. Whereas I keep using the term equity and the old-fashioned vernacular, not the, the meaning they want applied now, and in the past, to have equity means that you have value in whatever you say that you have equity in. Typically, equity must be earned, not just given. And anything that's given has very little, if any, value, at least a, a majority of the time. Anyway, it was very disconcerting. That while the suspected shooter was running around New York, the law enforcement was looking for him, couldn't find him. The media outlets were reluctant to give a description that might have been helpful in tracking this guy down. You know, just minor details. Just minor details, something like the fact that he was five foot five, roughly. It was an estimate, and it turns out that's pretty close. Okay, that's important. They, they did share that. Uh, they talked a lot about how he was dressed at the time, although the reports on that changed drastically over the course of the first several hours of the incident, as did uh, everything involving uh, unexploded uh, explosive devices and things of that nature, all in the early reports, it made it sound like full-blown terroristic attack where it just simply wasn't possible that this guy could have been working alone if there was that much stuff going on. Uh, he would have had to have been planning for weeks, months, years even. 
and actually it kind of seems like maybe he had been anyway once we got a whiff of his social media posts. This guy's full-blown uh, black supremacist. I mean, the guy who's legitimately angry at new associate justice Katanji. Why? Because Judge Jackson happens to have a white husband. See, she is about as woke and about as far extreme leftist as you can get, but she had the nerve to marry a white guy. And that, that was grounds for him in his discussion about that to even break out into tears. Of course, now they want to shift the uh, issue to uh, being one of mental instability. This this guy, he's not a criminal. He's not a terrorist. He's a guy who is just in desperate need of help. Yeah, I'm not in a position to say that the guy doesn't have a few screws loose. But I would like to see some consistency. You know? I would like to see some consistency in how the media and how elected politicians and how appointed bureaucrats handle similar actions. Because when you break out into a firefight with unarmed individuals on a subway, just as an example, wild, crazy, just out of the blue example, not like something like that's happened recently. It doesn't matter if you're white, brown, yellow, purple with pink polka dots. You're committing an act of violence and one that is pretty evil because you know you're targeting a group that's pretty much not in a position to do much to stop you. Especially if you take the additional steps of putting on a gas mask and using uh, these little uh, gas grenades that he used so people couldn't see you and were coughing. They weren't in a position to, to defend themselves and couldn't have organized to try to defend themselves. It's an accident of evil. You've made a choice to do a bad thing. And no matter what your motivations are at that point, I think it's fair to say that you should face some kind of repercussions and that they should be severe. But we know what would have happened if this had been a white guy who had been espousing white supremacy ideology all over social media. Although it would have been a lot harder to find because they wanted to, to just take that stuff down instantly. You can't even say that uh, you thought Donald Trump might have been a halfway decent president. Just wish he had been a little less uh, blatantly abrasive on Twitter or something along those lines, even that's enough to have them say, oh, you're an insurrectionist and you need to go to prison. But this guy who's all about the black power and all about the uh, black liberation ideology, he he's going to get the benefit of the doubt, and they want to go real quiet on this. They don't want to discuss it. They don't want to talk about it. Because, again, it just it doesn't fit the narrative. Because you're not supposed to think, not even for a second, how dangerous 
that type of rhetoric can be if you're allowed to fester in it. You know, if you make yourself miserable all day long, if you put yourself in a position where all you do is focus on negative things, if if you are flat broke and you are barely making enough money to, to pay the bills you have, but you would desperately like to, to buy a boat, you know, not a big boat, just maybe a little small fishing boat. Again, it's not exactly cheap, but not something that is outside of the means for the economically challenged to acquire if they are prudent with how they spend their money and how they it. But they have to have the income to do it. Now, let's say you fall into that category. You look around and you see other people that have boats, uh, bigger boats, nicer boats than the one that you would be willing to have, the one you'd be willing to get if you could only afford it. But then you go home every day and you pull up uh, – all these different websites where you can see people putting up these ads. You know, you go over on a Facebook Marketplace, or you go on Craigslist, or you go to some other variation of the same thing, and you just sit there and look at all these things you can't afford, and you're just going to get angry. You're going to feel bad. You're going to be wallowing. Instead of using... That to motivate you, just you have to decide. You know, I'd like to get a boat. Here's roughly what they typically cost. Yeah, it might be great to occasionally look and see if you can find a deal. Although, if you're looking in those places and find a deal, there's a really good chance that it may be stolen. But uh, you know, again, just don't go home every day and wallow around in your misery. Oh, you're going to be miserable. That's how that works. Well, this guy. And he's far from the first. In fact, we've had several incidents of violence over the last few years where there were black supremacists that were acting out, where multiple people died, and where these stories disappeared about as quickly as they came to the forefront. They were a national story for half a second to the media called on to who did it and why, and they just they want to put it in that old memory hole right over there, and they want you to forget all about it. And why? Because their narrative is that America is terrible because of racism, and uh, only white racism towards black and brown people uh, matter at all because anything else isn't actually racism because only white people have power. And we hear stuff like this from black college professors from black authors, from uh, black organizers who've managed to buy themselves multi-million dollar mansions utilizing uh, donated funds for a uh, <laughs> for what was supposed to be was supposed to be a charity. A charity that works on education and, and activism. Of course, you know, I'm talking about Miss Colors uh, over at BML Incorporated. Black Lives Matter. BLM. Did I say BML? <laughs> I, I, what is that? Bacon, mayo, and lettuce? Uh, uh, BLM. Black Lives Matter Incorporated. It is important to understand there's still a huge difference between folks that are just out there looking 
to try and protect black lives from the dangers that are out there. But to see the folks that are really trying to do that have to acknowledge that some of the biggest obstacles uh, the black community faces in America is something that not just the black community is facing. Some of the biggest obstacles that we're facing is the lack of fathers in homes. Some of the biggest obstacles that the black communities are facing are the number of criminals operating within their neighborhoods. And while a large number of them are also black, there's still also plenty of white and plenty of Hispanic criminals operating in their neighborhoods. They go where the money is. So the media puts all this emphasis on white supremacy because that's supposed to be the big terrible big bad, despite the fact that there is almost no appreciable level, especially if you look at statistics, is almost non-existent in the United States. Statistically, it's insignificant. Now, I use the word statistically because that is a real thing. But again, you can be that one out of a million, and then it doesn't matter to you that the other 999,999 individuals didn't have a bad thing happen to them. If you're the one, then it hits you hard. I get that. Same thing with all the folks that lost loved ones over the last two years and were told it was because of COVID-19. Those people believe in their heart of hearts and will not have their minds changed that COVID is a killer. When in truth, they may very well find out at some point in the very near future that, you know what, actually, they died because of other things. COVID just happened to be going on at the same time. I doubt those people are going to be willing to change their mind anytime soon. And in fact, I doubt there's very many medical professionals that are going to be willing to go back and acknowledge that they had actually said that just because they wanted to cash in on a few extra federal dollars that could come their way. Yeah, we lied to you about what killed your grandpa. Sorry. But, you know, we, we needed a little more money. I had to go buy that boat that you can't afford. Uh, but the the... The funniest part of this whole story, though, and, you know, it's it's good that there is a funny part because ordinarily a story like this, biggest story of, uh, of this week so far, there is a funny part. The funny part is the mayor, brand new mayor, Mayor Eric, and uh, the police chief both tried to take credit for finally catching the guy. I assure you, they had very little to do with catching the guy. Uh, and, you know, you may have noticed I have uh, made a point of not mentioning the suspect's name at this point. He's been taken into custody. Uh, had I done a broadcast yesterday, I would have mentioned his name then because he was still on the lam then. They were looking for this person of interest, and later on they uh, changed it from person of interest to suspect. So if I'd been doing it then, I would have told you the name just that one time until he got arrested because while they're looking for him. Now, I'm trying to figure out how this guy gets away and it takes so long to catch him in the first place. But they tried to take credit. They legitimately tried to take credit for catching him. This is part of our effort to, to end the crime. And I promise I will get to the mid-hour break here in a moment. But I just wanted to make a, these couple of points real quick in the story before I moved on. And that 
that it's it's so awesome that here they were they went on social media trying to make these claims and the people responded they called them out on their bs they said nope this was not some miraculous effort of police work in fact the police work was not so good in this case and it had a lot to do with the fact that it was very difficult to get much help from the public when they were refusing to give you a very good description. In fact, they were making excuses about not wanting to show pictures of the suspect early on. Well, you know, we want to we want to make sure we've got the picture of the right picture because if we show you the wrong picture, then you're going to be looking for the wrong part. They were reluctant because of his skin tone. They were reluctant because they're still operating on base on race baiting grift both the current mayor and the current police chief of the NYPD it's a shame but it's true and thank goodness for everybody that pushed back because little known fact if you're only paying attention to mainstream legacy media you're not going to find this out but the guy himself actually called the tip line the crime stoppers line I believe it's called there in New York he called himself and said, hey, I understand you're looking for me. Would like to get this cleared up. Uh, I'm going to be down at, uh, I think he was supposed to be at like a McDonald's or something at first. Going to be down there at, at uh, this location uh, for the next little bit. You can come find me. And then he like went on a little walk. He actually did go to the restaurant. Nobody showed up in time to, to catch him. There, So he went on a little walk. Some other people recognized him finally because they did finally start showing the picture. They did finally give enough of a description that people could say, hey, I, I think that might be the guy that shot up the subway. And eventually the police were able to catch up with him by following the uh, the calls to the tip line, uh, the very first of which happened to be the guy himself. So I'm sorry, but it, it's not indicative of what the police are capable of. It is very indicative of what the politicians refuse to allow them to do. Because I'm pretty sure if they've been giving a good description and if they had released the picture of this guy early, if they'd done it quickly, they would have got him before he got back home last night. Probably would have got him in a few moments after he had gotten out of the subway train. But that leads me all the way back to this other little cynical voice in the back of my head. And that cynical voice is asking me, how is it this guy has three magazines? And sure, one of them, one of them jammed on him, and at that point he was done. But he had three magazines. He emptied one, was about halfway through a second, did not get to go to the third after the gun jammed. Managed to injure a lot of people, a few of them in critical but stable condition. Is this guy really so in-depth? I mean, he seems to have been so full with rage and so hateful. Is he really so inept that in this scenario where he had the entirety of any possible advantage, any upper hand that he had, that he didn't manage to kill anyone? I mean, it works out for him now because... Despite whatever charges he faces, unless one of these people accidentally die at this point, he's not going to face murder. 
they might be able to get him off on some mental uh, not guilty by reason of insanity and get him into a hospital instead of a prison. And I'm sure that's the route they're going to try to go with this guy. I'm not certain that he deserves that consideration, but maybe he does. I mean, it does take a certain amount of cray-cray to take <laughs> things to this level, right? But if that's the case, then what are we really looking at here? I mean, I don't want to live in a world where I become so cynical that I'm looking at this and saying, he didn't kill anybody? He fired off that many rounds in a freaking fish-in-a-barrel situation, and he didn't kill anybody? Was he even trying? Was this a real event? Or was this staged? That's the world we live in now. You have to ask those questions. And it becomes even a better question when you realize, you know, he just, he, fish in a barrel, literally. Nobody did. And I, I'm not saying I wanted anyone to die. I'm glad no one's dead. I wish nobody had got hurt. I wish it had been so bad at this. They just completely missed. So don't get me wrong. <coughs> Sorry, I tried to hit the button and it didn't click. It'll probably click here in a minute. So, so here we are, and, and I just, I have to ask that question. And I feel bad that it even enters my mind. I do. I feel bad that that's where I go now, but that's the world we're living in. Let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break. <laughs> that's almost a three-quarters hour break now. And uh, when I get back, we will uh, change topics one more time before we go into hour number two. So stay right where you're at. I'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. If you are non-binary or transgender, the one-time pro-American city of Palm Springs, California, is now forcing taxpayers to pay for what you are choosing to be. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. For the thousandth time, I am saying that no matter how low the leftists go, they always seem to find lower depths of depravity to drag our society. So-called educators across the United States are coercing children into believing that they may not be the sex that God created them to be. 
And they also have the nerve to want to work with leftist government officials to prevent parents from fulfilling their God-given mandate and right to fulfill their roles as fathers and mothers. Now, Palm Springs, California is going to award $900 a month to 20 residents for simply claiming to be transgender or non-binary. Bob Hope and Bing Crosby must be rolling over in their graves over the leftist lunacy now engulfing that city that they helped to develop as awful as the Palm Springs madness is. What's even more disturbing to me is that the leftists have for so long been allowed to drag our republic lower and lower toward the depths of hell. Sure, our side gets angry and complains, but up to now, the pushback against the depraved leftists has been minimal at best. Sometimes I wonder, do parents love their children and God more than they fear evildoers? I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> Joe Brandon, I agree. I mean, he has made clear that uh uh, uh, well, uh walk around the world to ease my trouble. Now I'm not thanking you. No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. transitioning smoothly, but um, if you'll bear with me, we'll get through it together. Um, again, I want to thank everybody for being here as always. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for listening as we laugh our way through the fall of the Republic, as my uh, uh, hero uh, <laughs> would say. Uh, we are talking about uh, Drew, my good friend Drew, Andrew Clavin. Uh, laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. I uh, guess what else are you going to do? Uh, I don't know of anything else you can do. Uh, except stand up and fight, and that's what we're going to do. But if we can occasionally take a, a brief moment to, to laugh a little and live a little and enjoy some of the beauty that's still left in this world, then what are we fighting for, right? All right, so uh, here we are. I want to remind everybody that if you're going to truly enjoy the blessings of liberty— a big part of that is taking personal responsibility, and a big part of personal responsibility is being self-reliant. And I want to remind you that nobody has been helping you to stay self-reliant longer than my Patriot Supply. Uh, in today's show description, if you're listening via podcast, you will see a link in that show description. Uh, that link it does not say anything about MyPatriotSupply.com, which you certainly can use and go there and uh, make your purchases and be prepared. Uh, but I'm going to ask you if you're a listener of the show and you want to help support this country. 
So be prepared. Get prepared now. Uh, if you want to help support the show, though, as we're trying to get through all this together, if you will follow the link that's in the show description, uh, if you're somewhere where the entire link is live, then you can just click it and it will take you there. But if only part of the link is live, it'll probably still take you to the site, but it won't give them the pertinent information. Uh, and that, of course, using the link is letting them know that I'm the one who sent you. If you decide to make a purchase while you're there using that link, uh, then I get a small little commission, just a tiny little bit. But all that will go to help support the show. So we take a win-win for you and for my Patriot Supply and make it a win-win-win because it becomes a win for me, too, as I get that tiny little bit. And uh, the more of you that do that, uh, the more that tiny little bit adds up and turns into something really kind of nice. All right, so with that being said, uh, if you'll do that, please, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, just copy the entire link, paste it into your web browser, and uh, go visit My Patriot Supply. And please, don't wait very much longer to do it either. I, I promise you, uh, you're not going to regret having done it, but you may very well regret waiting too late if you don't do it and don't do it soon. Uh, while we're on the topic, I also want to remind everybody that A.J. Rice's brand-new book, uh, the Woking Dead is set to be released in late July. Uh, you'll find a link in the show description as well that will take you to the pre-order page. Go pre-order a copy of it right away. It's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. And we are still doing the social media contest for an opportunity for you to win a drawing to win a free, a free copy of The Woking Dead. Uh, we'll be doing that in early August once the book is out. All right, in the uh, final few minutes of this first hour, I wanted to point out something that I find both humorous and very telling. As you know, I have often looked at Beto O'Rourke and uh, uh, poked a little fun. The guy wants to be seen as being Hispanic, but he's about as white as white can get. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke, and I often simply refer to him as Robert Francis wants to be Beto. Well, Robert Francis is currently running as a Democratic gubernatorial candidate for the uh, state of Texas. He has previously called for tearing down existing sections of the border wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, he sees Joe Biden's current policy as being so bad that just recently in an interview, he criticized Biden's handling of the border crisis. It's saying that it's just absolutely erupted under the Biden administration, which, you know, that much is right. You're acknowledging reality. Not a lot of these leftists like Beto, not a lot of these folks that are so woke, dude, that, you know, I'm going to ride in on my skateboard and be really cool, dude. Not a lot of those folks are willing to acknowledge reality because a lot of them haven't even been bitten yet by reality. They don't know what reality actually looks like. This guy's been in Texas uh, for a while, and he certainly acts like, oh, there's no problem with people coming across the border until now, because he realizes people are starting to say it. Typical run-of-the-mill, everyday Democrat voters are saying, this is too much. So Beto's just... You know, he's uh, licking his finger, putting it up in the air, and he's seeing which way the wind's blowing. He thinks that's going to help get him a little bit of traction. 
I mean, I don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic as Greg Abbott, who I thought it was just bluster and tough talk for the campaign, but actually has, at least so far, followed through. He sent his first bus of illegal border-crossing migrants from Texas to D.C. Now, is he going to continue doing it? I don't know. I don't know how you justify continuing to spend uh, Texas taxpayer dollars to do that. But uh, I got to tell you, I'm going to give him full kudos for at least following through the one time. I, I, he's, you know, he did it. So I didn't really think he was going to. I'm proud of him. Like I said, I wish he could find a way. Uh, if you get private donations to continue to fund that, then by all means, keep doing it. And if you're somebody that would like to support that, send these these people to D excuse me, yeah, a little frog in my throat there all of a sudden. Uh, then by all means, uh, let's get together. Let's send them some cash. Let's start a GoFundMe page. Whatever it is we need to do. But uh, I, I got to give a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a hat tip to, to Robert Francis in this case. O'Rourke was specifically. However, and this is how you know he's still a leftist, he was specifically knocking the Biden administration for its decision to end the use of Title 42, which, as you know, is their emergency COVID uh, excuse for sending illegals back to whence they came. He said, quote, it does not make sense to end this until there is a real plan and the capacity in place to handle those and address those that come over. So he's not against it. He's just against ending uh, the potential of reinfection of strains of COVID-19 that we've pretty much beaten here. He was talking to the Texas Tribune, by the way, in case you want to look up the full article. Uh, he said, quote, I have yet to hear a plan from the Biden administration to address the dynamic that we will have on the border once Title 42 ends. Everyone is legitimately concerned about the lack of a plan. We should hold the federal government accountable for doing its job, and they're not doing that. Now, after criticizing the administration for ending the use of Title 42, uh, Robert Francis then claimed that the health order was detrimental to efforts to stop illegal immigration. Saying, quote, what it has done is produce a situation where the same person is crossing multiple times a week. And under Title 42, that Border Patrol agent simply turns that person back around and then that person tries to cross again the next day. They're not arrested, not detained, and are no consequences. There are no consequences for someone who is not following our laws when they try to come into this country. And it means that the country is not following its laws when it comes to those who are trying to make a legitimate claim for asylum. You know, he's going to have to be real careful here. He's going to have to be real careful. Robert Francis is starting to sound not that much like a Democrat, and certainly not like a woke progressive Democrat that he's portrayed himself to be recently. Robert Francis is almost starting to sound like, not Beto, but Robert Francis. Starting to sound like that white guy who wants to keep all them brown folks out. Oh, my goodness. He better be careful. <laughs> I don't 
to know if he realizes he's not very likely to steal very many votes away from Greg Abbott. But uh, he's certainly not going to, to find himself with the same level of favor that he's been getting from the progressives in the national level of the Democratic Party. I mean, because those folks are ideological extremists. They're ideological Puritans. They, despite the current administration being the most so-called progressive in how they've attacked everything, they're still not satisfied. They're not happy with the speed in which the Obama administration, Obama third term, the speed of which the Biden-Harris administration, the Operation Pee Pads and Knee Pads, they're not satisfied with the speed in which they're going to try to wreck the country. I'm sorry, to try and move progressive ideology. Now, I will stand by the first statement and how fast they're trying to destroy the country. See, if he had instantly said, we're forgiving all college debt, well, then maybe they'd still be with him. Didn't want to do that because he also has a lot of uh, folks that are backing him that they kind of make money off of the student loan program. I just it's in, I, I think it should be a major smack in the face. It should be a wake-up call for Joe and his entire administration when Robert Francis O'Rourke is calling you out on how bad your policy is. This is a guy who wanted to tear down part of the border wall that's already up and existing. Says, you guys are really screwing this up. When that guy calls you out, you've got a problem. Just thought it was worth talking about for a minute. Meanwhile, if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, that's going to be it for today. In fact, that's probably going to be it for this week, meaning that hour number two is going to be bonus material for you. If you want to come uh, find the podcast somewhere, I will invite you to do so. In the meanwhile, uh, if this is our last time we talk uh, until Monday, then uh, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. and Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth and oh yeah uh, one last message for uh, president joe biden this is tim tap let's go brandon let's go brandon let's go To praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows He he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes.
a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. They're not getting walked back. It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. With the Ukrainian people... Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts, and I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast southeast um, Ukraine, but also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there. Some of you've been there. And we know none of the three occurred. Weapons could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would. Re- it would trigger a response in kind. And we know none of the three occurred. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And we know none of the three occurred. Say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn you went Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn
goddamn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and Mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. We're just a little distance away from Knoxville here in East Tennessee, in case you're not too familiar with the area. It's a beautiful place. It's uh, fairly rural, and, uh, you know, we we get to have all the benefits of being in East Tennessee with uh, only the few drawbacks that comes from living in the United States right now, with the Biden administration calling the shots at the federal level, and Democrats hiding behind every corner. Ooh. But, you know, <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, the people that I know personally that tend to vote Democrat, uh, they're generally good people, and there's this strange disconnect. They don't support anything that the party is pushing, uh, but when they're told something, they want to believe all the spin. They want to believe. It's like, guys, come on, take take the, take the glasses off. The Republican Party is not the same that it was uh, when you were taught that it's just for the rich guy. It's just for the big guy. It's just for big business. They don't care about the little guy. Uh, they've come to realize that if you're going to support business, business is at its best when oh, the little guy can afford to spend money. Now, when the little guy can't afford to spend any money, it doesn't do business any good. You have a great product, but if you just sell to just rich people, uh, eventually rich people have everything that they need. <laughs> you can't keep selling them the same thing <laughs> unless it's uh, unless you're in the food business. It's like yeah, we can, they like that food, they're going to keep buying that. But you know, you can only sell them so many cars, you can only sell them so many planes, you can only sell them so many houses. I guess if they're rich enough, you can keep buying more, but they're not going to be anywhere near each other. And so anyway, it's and it was BS to begin with. All these political theater and strange ideologies that are put on. But anyway, my point is, I know a lot of good people that still typically vote Democrat, and I'm I'm trying to get them to see the disconnect. They don't like this idea of pushing sexuality on kindergartners, but they're not canceling their Disney subscription yet. Disney Plus, yeah, I'm looking forward to Mandalorian Season 4. Okay, well, I guess that's nice. Uh, I understand Ms. Marvel is coming out soon. I understand that Moon Knight is doing very well. And see, that's the part that hurts me. That's the part that hurts me about having canceled mine. I like the Marvel stuff, and I like the Star Wars stuff that they've had there because they knocked it out of the park with the Mandalorian. Season 1 and Season 2, phenomenal Star Wars storytelling. Uh, evidently, Pedro Pascal is uh, wanting to be seen a lot more. He wants more uh, time on the show with the helmet off. It's like, dude, you're a Mandalorian. You're not really supposed to take the helmet off, okay? It's one of those things. Uh, now, some of the sects, uh, uh, different sects of the Mandalorians as they exist now, blah, blah, blah. If you're a Star Wars fan, I don't need to explain it. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, you're sitting there wondering... What the hell is this guy talking about, right? So I will stop right there. I, I will stop right there. We've got other things to talk about anyway. But the point being is that uh, if, I can, if I can just reach some of these Democratic voters and, and help them to realize that the agenda is there uh, and what we've been trying to warn you about, uh, it, it's real. 
they will tell you one thing, but then they're doing something that they know, most of them know, is going to have uh, the exact opposite effect of what they say they're trying to accomplish. And when it comes down to it, some of them don't know. Some of them, like AOC, is somebody that doesn't realize a lot of what she's pushing actually has the opposite effect of what she thinks is going to happen because she's trusting somebody else to give her talking points. I mean, I, I honestly feel like that's the situation for her and several others uh, that are not that dissimilar to her. But again, they're still being used by the bad guys and and they're kind of bad guys by association. I, I don't want to to completely cut off the opportunity to win some of those folks back over to at least the realm of common sense. Let's get back to the point where, hey, you don't have to agree with me 100% of the time. In fact, if we can agree on about 50% of everything, we can probably move forward together if you're willing to meet me halfway. If you're willing to hear me out. You're willing to try to see my side of the story. I think we can move together. And I think the Republic can be saved if we can do that together. All right, anyway, I want to give a shout out to anybody who's listening. Chances are, if you're listening to this hour this week, you're probably listening to the podcast. And if that's the case, hey, thank you so very much for being here. Please uh, put a shout out, a shout out on social media, tag me in it, and uh, let me know where you're listening. Uh, if you want to go ahead and have an opportunity to get yourself in the running for winning a free copy of uh, A.J. Rice's upcoming new book uh, scheduled to be released at the end of July, uh, we'll be having that drawing in early August. If you want to have a chance to, to get a free copy there, uh, go ahead and mention the book, too, and, and share a link to the show. If you do all that, uh, but that's fine. Just just say hey to me. Just Say, hi, I just wanted to say hi to Tim Tap over at Tapping to the Truth. And uh, let me know where you're listening. And you just want to do that, uh, there's a chance that I may mention you online. Well, on air, I should say. All right, some of the stories that uh, are worth mentioning, but I'm not going to get too deeply into because I've got uh, my schedule set for the stories I want to get a little more in-depth with. Um it's headline worth you taking a closer look at. Yes, I'm giving you homework again. Remember that part where I say don't take my word for it? <laughs> this is part of how you get to decide for yourself. Utilize some critical thinking. Look for these stories. Uh, Seattle police have had to cut back on investigations and a lot of serious crimes, including sex crimes, after the recent the budget cuts. Uh, personally, I think all of the violent crimes, particularly sex crimes, uh, need to have more resources poured towards them and trying to protect the public from those uh, that are the more dangerous criminals among our people. But they didn't have much of a choice. And, you know, as long as Seattle and other cities like Seattle continue to defund the police, well, what else are they supposed to do? They can't provide us the type of service that we normally would expect from the police if they're not adequately funded. Now, for some of you, maybe you think that's a good thing, but there's a reason why crime is spiking everywhere in the country, uh, more so in the places that are run by people with a D at the end of their name. Just saying. One of the culture war stories, uh, a headline that you may have missed, caught my attention. 
A woman was celebrating her abortion with a cake and a party and was bragging on, uh, yeah, you guessed it, Twitter. <laughs> Everything bad happened. Elon, if you're not going to take over Twitter, uh, you need to burn it to the ground, okay? Because if you're not going to save it, then it just needs to be gone. It's a terrible place. I mean, sure, it's not even a real place, but it's just terrible. Just terrible. I'm going to do my Charles Barkley impersonation. Just terrible. Uh, there's an attorney for Pro Bono Criminal Defense Project that is looking at uh, January 6th cases. Could be interesting. Uh, there are GOP lawmakers that are looking to introduce uh, resolutions to stop the Biden administration from expanding the definitions of firearms and creating that national gun registry that uh, Biden was talking about when he was going to fight against the ghost guns. Now, we talked about uh, Biden's announcement involving ghost guns uh, the Sunday before he did it, uh, which he did that following Monday, strangely enough. Now, the reports were already circulating that it was coming. It was a pretty solid done deal, which is why we talked about it on air then. And uh, it's still one of those things where this guy, is there anything he's done right? Anything at all? I mean, if there is, I would love to be able to give him some credit. I would. I want to give this guy credit for one. I want to be able to say one nice thing about Joe Biden before it's all said and done. But I look back at his nearly 50 years in D.C., and I have yet to see the first thing that I can really say, kudo, good job. I mean, maybe some of the work that he put in with some of the crime bills in the early days of his time in the Senate back in the 80s. Because, I mean— uh, it cracked down on violent criminals that actually did have the effect of cutting down uh, violent crimes, statistically speaking. So, so maybe he deserves a little credit for that. But he runs away from that every chance he gets now. He wants you to forget he did that. Easy for him. He's forgotten a lot of stuff at this point. In fact, the only thing he seems to remember is corn pop. And the only reason he remembers corn pop is because he has hairy legs. And because corn pop sounds a lot like popcorn, and he thinks of popcorn, he thinks of the movies, and then he thinks about his favorite ice cream, and, and then then he's in a happy place. Uh, another interesting story, strangely enough, talking about being in a happy place and cognitive decline, uh, colleagues of Senator Dianne Feinstein are now saying that she – Maybe mentally unfit to serve. So there's an interesting headline. I, given how long that she employed a Chinese spy as a driver, she may have been mentally unfit for a long time. In fact, right now, if you're at the national level holding an office and you insist on putting a D at the end of your name, or if you put a different letter but you still caucus with the Democrats, or if you put an R at the end of your name but you still vote with the Democrats more often than not, then you probably are suffering from enough mental decline that you, too, are also mentally unfit to serve. But, you know, elections have consequences, right? Something else that you may not have heard. Evidently, a brand-new report out says that the Secret Service agents that were involved with Joe Biden's dog biting them, evidently there were a multitude of Secret Service agents, not just the guys who got bit, who were furious over how the White House continued to downplay the dog bites. And, of course, 
you know, back in the first hour of today's broadcast, this is the second hour. It's a bonus hour if you listen to terrestrial radio. But uh, uh, this is the second hour of a two-hour broadcast that took place on Thursday, April uh, the 14th. Uh, So we already talked back in the first hour about the ongoing saga today of uh, Elon Musk and his effort to... uh, to make a bid to buy outright Twitter and everything that happened since then, and and it was quite, quite the roller coaster ride today. But there was also a lot of people upset by the fact that uh, the CDC is extending the travel mask mandates. So, in other words, if you're on an airplane, you've still got to wear a mask because you know COVID and stuff. Uh, now. Why, when it comes to the airplanes and uh, public transit with federal authority uh, running the show? Because it's the last thing that they can still tell you and make you actually jump through their COVID hoops. Everything else is a more local level thing. They don't have the power to force you into it. So they're trying to maintain that last little bit of control. And if you guys just flip them off and don't do it, what are you going to do? If you're... Getting on board an airplane uh, out of Nashville International Airport, for example. Now, the city of Nashville is pretty much run by a bunch of uh, Democrats, a lot of uh, blue folks. But it is still a red state here. So there's a really good chance if you get on an airplane here, the flight attendants there, you're going to get up in the air and they're going to be like, you know what? Forget about it. You will probably not face it. And I'd say it would be the same thing if you get in on an airplane in Texas or Georgia or Florida. You're probably not going to have to worry too much about it. But if you're taking off from a blue state, then heaven help you. You better have four masks, be quadruple vaxxed, and have your vaccine passport with you, or they're not going to let you on the plane. It's a bunch of BS, a bunch of bovine excrement, but uh, it is what it is. All right, so those are just some headlines that were worth mentioning, worth talking about. Got a lot of people talking. But there's a, a new story that it, it falls back into the category of important but not sexy. It's important because it has real-world consequences, and it's a direct result of inflation and the supply chain issues and everything that barely there Beijing Biden has managed to actually do through a series of executive orders since he set his happy buttocks down in that very comfortable, cushy seat uh, where he signs all those EOs. And what we're talking about here is the fact that real wages are down nearly 3%. Now, real wages. Now, it's important to make this distinction because you've got the Biden administration. you got uh, Joe himself out there touting the fact that so many people have gotten raises. So many people are making more money now than they made before. So technically, the number of dollars per hour have risen for a lot of people. Not for good reasons either. It's because nobody wants to show up, so employers are forced to pay a lot more than they had in an effort to try and get people to realize, hey, this is a good job. I don't want to walk away from it. But the problem is there's still way too many people that are like, you know what, the first time they get upset, I don't have to put up with this. Somebody else will hire me and pay me close to the same thing, maybe more. Uh, I'm out. You know, all the things that used to keep you in a position 
like, okay, I, I mostly like this job, but the pay is really good. So you know, even in those weak moments where I'm thinking, I, I don't like working with this guy over here. For some reason, that happens uh, if you're working with me a lot. I don't understand. I'm a likable guy. I really, anyway, <laughs> I don't like working with this guy. I should just leave. But then you think about, where am I going to get paid the same kind of money and do a job that I like as much as the job itself that I'm doing? That's one of those factors that normally keeps you from just emotionally storming out. But people, they, they don't have to even put that thought there right now. So in the process, everything else is going up. That is a big part, along with all these supply chain issues. The, the supply chain is broken. I don't even think we can call it a chain anymore. It's the supply, a couple of loose straps, and a Band-Aid. And hopefully the Band-Aid won't snap as you're trying to, <laughs> to bring stuff to you. If you are in any kind of business, it's a cascading effect where the people you're trying, if you make something, and you have to buy parts or you have to buy ingredients or you have to, depending on whatever it is you're making, you're still counting on the folks that you purchase those from to be able to manufacture the things that you need from them, to be able to maintain and maintenance their equipment, which often means that whoever they purchase equipment from has to be able to manufacture replacement equipment or replacement parts if they don't have enough people on their floors to maintain their workload, then the people that you're buying from can't continue to make the items at least not at the same clip they used to. So scarcity becomes a real thing for them. They have to pick and choose which customers they're going to serve. They have to decide, are you big enough of a fish for us to, to bend over backwards to try to accommodate or are you so low down that we love doing business with you? We love taking your $10,000 a year, but we have a $3 million a year customer over here. We're going to take care of them first because if we lose them by taking care of you, then that hurts us in the long run if we can ride out this supply chain thing. So there's this ongoing cascading effect where everything's affecting everything else. And the cost of energy, the cost of fuel affects the prices as well because you got to be able to get it from point A to point B. And now you can't even necessarily count on drivers being willing to do what they say they're going to do. There have been countless reports of people picking up loads. We're talking about truck drivers now. Picking up loads, driving uh, part of the route to deliver, and then find out that there's a chance that they could take a better paying uh, gig and they'll just drop a trailer right ever where they're at, go pick up that load and go get paid the bigger dollars. And your stuff is stuck on a uh, trailer that got dropped somewhere. And it may take <laughs> the folks that were trying to send it to you days, sometimes weeks to even track down where it's still located. And if it's a if you're doing food items and that might be a perishable item or it may be heat sensitive, then good luck. By the time they can get it to you then, it's probably of no use to you. If you reject it and don't pay for it, then you're at odds with them and they're not going to take care of you again the next time. If they're not getting paid, then they've lost that price. Nobody can afford to have those kind of losses right now either. But all of this still comes back around to everything costing more. So if the amount of inflation on what you're buying is more than that growth in wages, 
then that means your real wage actually dropped. So amid the inflation that's spiraling out of control, real wages for Americans have dropped just shy of 3%. Inflation ran 8.5% in the year ending last month. So we're talking about a fiscal year, okay? So normal wages grew by about 5.6%. A decline in inflation-adjusted wages of right at 2.7%. Now, that's not my numbers. That's numbers from Jason Furman at Harvard University, one of former White House resident Barack Hussein Alu-Akbar Obama's top economists. He spilled this out in an article in the Wall Street Journal. He said, quote, this presents a serious challenge to the hot economy thesis that tighter labor markets lead to rising real wages. The idea has never been as popular among academic economists as it is among the Washington policymakers. That's because if you're an actual economist, you understand that very rarely is there any truth to that. Now, a hot economy is certainly better than a cold one. I don't deny that, and nobody else should. But the cost of an overheated economy might be larger than policymakers have ever appreciated. Earlier this week, the Labor Department announced that the Consumer Price Index, which we kind of touched on but didn't go into uh, any in-depth discussion here earlier this week, uh, they announced that the Consumer Price Index, which is what measures the Americans' pay for everyday items, uh, things like food, gas, you know, things we have to have, um, well, it soared to the highest level that we have seen in 41 years. The CPI, Consumer Price Index, it left leapt 8.5% from a year ago. And this was according to data that was, rele- was released this past Tuesday. So taking out food and energy, the CPI still increased by 6.5%. Now, such soaring inflation has not been seen since the late 1970s when the then worst president in American history, although a very nice guy, very nice man, Jimmy Carter happened to be president. And in the early 80s, right after Ronald Reagan took over, but the thing is Ronald Reagan took over from Jimmy Carter. He got the last worst bit of the Carter administration, and he managed to get it turned around before the end of his first term, which is why he was so easily reelected, despite the left's best opportunity to try to make him seem like he was senile and and uh, suffering from dementia and just all the time taking naps and not really doing his job. Isn't it funny how the left keeps attacking the mental capabilities of Republican presidents, uh, especially the particularly good Republican president, and over nothing. They find an excuse. They tried to say that they needed to trigger the 25th Amendment on Trump because he walked down a ramp slowly, a, a ramp that was wet. 
he took his time to go down it. That's ground. There's something wrong. And then they've got a hoobity-doobity-doobity-doobity. I'm roaming around looking for somebody to talk to me, but nobody wants to because Barack's here. This man can't stay in power. Why are there nuclear missiles flying at us now? But yeah, no mention of needing the 25th Amendment then. I, it's just, I, don't know, I digress. Let's get back to this. I, I shouldn't be cracking jokes. This is an important story. Okay, let's get serious. Let's get serious. So price increases, I'm back to reporting, uh, uh, quoting now from a uh, CNBC report. Price increases came from many of the usual culprits. Food rose 1% for the month and 8.8% over the year. Energy prices were up 11% and 32% respectively. While shelter cost, which makes up about one-third of the CPI, uh, it increased another half percent on the month, uh, making the 12-month gain a blistering 5%. Now, the White House has repeatedly sought to distance Biden from the soaring inflation, going so far as to coin a new term, the Putin's price hike, which if I hear one more time, I'm going to call up Vladimir Putin and say, I found the Mulesen squirrel. He's in Washington, D.C. Go get him. Of course, for that, I'm sure I'm now colluding with Russia, by the way. I tell the moose and squirrel joke. Rocky and Bullwinkle, guys. If you're too young to know who I'm talking about, it's Rocky. I got some people asking me on social media, what are you talking about with this moose and squirrel visit? It's the Rocky and Bullwinkle. I'm not that old, guys. Whatever, boomer. I'm not a boomer. <laughs> not a millennial, though. But Gen Xer and proud. Anyway, let's get back to the story. Uh, So, like I said, the White House has repeatedly looked to kind of distance, barely there, Beijing Biden. Uh, They come up with this Putin price hike uh, crap. In fact, uh, Jen Psaki, circle back Psaki, now is also trying to blame uh, Greg Abbott in Texas for another reason why prices continue to to skyrocket. Because, you know, uh, Vladimir is only responsible for so much. That much is true. Russia invading Ukraine was a good excuse for certain things to spike a little bit higher. But in order to buy in that it's the Putin price hike, you have to completely ignore that all this stuff started spiking, going up uh, quite drastically almost as soon as he was sworn into the office. Nearly the instant that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was installed as the new regime leader— this started because we knew every policy that they were going to push. And he, by executive order, which is not legally binding for a majority of the things that he did here, uh, fact check constitution says Congress passes the laws. Um, yeah, there's, it's the Biden price hike. It's the Biden inflation. It's his, it may not have been his idea. He may have only been doing what he was told. His handler said, here, sign this and say some pretty words uh, we'll have in the teleprompter. And maybe he's just shuffling off because that's how he gets his pudding on time and gets to, to watch a bonus episode of Matlock before nappy time. I, I mean, I don't know what the motivation is. 
But it doesn't matter. It it's, was a result of what's going on since he took office. I mean, uh, he started with the, the cost of energy. Gas was shooting through the roof immediately. And that wasn't the only thing, but that affects literally everything. I don't know how many times do I have to say that. I'm, no, I'm not the only one saying that either. When are the people in D.C. going to start listening? Well, they already know. That's the problem. They know. And this is still on purpose. It's by design. It's not a bug. It's the feature. They're trying to collapse this economy. They're trying to collapse the U.S. dollar. And they're trying to force us into the new programmable digital Fed dollar. That's what they want. And they want it programmable. Because if it's programmable, then they can determine where you can spend it. You ever hear the phrase, your money's no good here? Usually that's a good thing. It means, ah, we're not going to take your money. We're going to get, what do you want? We'll, get, we'll set you up. You've earned it, at least in our eyes. Now, that's the good thing. You're going to start hearing your money's no good here in a bad way. This ESG score, all the great reset uh, bovine excrement that's coming down the pike, this is another part of that. And don't tune out just because I said the Great Reset. Why are so many people wanting to ignore the Great Reset? Why are so many people, every time somebody like me or Dan Bongino or Glenn Beck, uh, whenever we mention the Great Reset, they're like, oh, well, there comes the conspiracy theories again. I'm good. I'm proud to be mentioned in the same breath with uh, either of those guys. If I could get half of their audience, I would be flying high, guys. I need you to help me with that. If you're part of the audience already, help help me with that. Share, spread the word. I'm I'm a slightly more tolerable than most of the boring uh, hosts out there. At any rate, little little self-indulging on occasions like right now. But anyway, back back to the point. We mentioned the Great Reset, and all of a sudden, ah, oh, you're just in conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. It's a fact. The World Economic Forum, go check out their website. They literally got the language there. They're telling us that by 2033, I think it is. I need to double check now. But by 33, we're going to own nothing, and we're going to like it. That's their plan. They want to take the whole notion, the whole concept of private property away. Just everybody's a renter, and guess who the landlord is? The government. And in the minds of the globalists, it will be the one world government, that new world order that everybody keeps trying to warn you about. It's not conspiracy theory. Straight up legit. It's happening. And they're telling you, you can go see it. It's out in the open. So why are so many people having so much trouble accepting that this is a real thing? You don't want to believe it, or you just want to think, that'll never happen here. It's happening here right now. There are companies that are already using ESG scores. But here's the thing. When they start programming the currency, there are going to be places that, well, this business has a low ESG score, so we're not going to let you use your digital money there. So you want to buy a gun? Oh, well, no, we can't have the citizens armed, so sorry, Smith & Wesson. Sorry, Winchester Rifles. Sorry, whoever you want to. Glock, whoever, Kimber, whoever you want to buy from. Sorry, your money's no good there. We, we won't let you spend it. Um, let's say that 
you have a serious sweet tooth like I do. And they're like, well, um, we're not going to let you buy those uh, those candy bars, Tim, because we were monitoring everything else that you're getting at the grocery store. And we know that you're purchasing items for your family. But the way we have it calculated, you are now over the... 2,000 calorie a day limit for a week for the members of your household. So no treats for you, no sweets. They can turn off your currency at a moment. That's the whole point of having the digital programmable stuff. Anyway, this whole the whole Putin price hike for the record Inflation has risen every month since Biden took office. He was inaugurated back on January 20th of 2021. And using the Consumer Price Index data, U.S. Department of Labor uh, Bureau and Labor Statistics revealed in January of 2021, 1.4% up. February, 1.7% higher. March, 2.6% higher. April, 4.2% higher. May, 5% higher. June, 5.4%. July, again, 5.4%. August, a uh, slight break. It was only up another 5.3%. September, back to 5.4%. October, wow, we're swinging for the fences now, 6.2%. November, 6.8% higher. December, 7% higher. January of 2022, 7.5%. February, 7.9%. March, 8.5%. You notice it started getting faster and faster. For the record, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine on February 24th of 2022. So... Even with Vladimir making his move on Ukraine, there's about a week left in February. Not quite. In fact, it's what, just four days left in February, actually. And February was still 7.9% higher uh, when it was 7.5% in January. 8.5% for March. So Vladimir's not had. That much, statistically speaking, not had that much of an impact. When Biden took office, a gallon of regular gasoline uh, averaged across the country $2.33. That according to AAA. The average price of a gallon of gas right now is $4.10, up 43% from a year ago. Now, consumers, they see the price hikes daily. When they go to the grocery store, it's hard to miss. The cost of meat, poultry, fish, eggs, it's 13% higher since February of 2021. This according to a CNBC report. Fresh fruit. Fresh fruit's gone up 10.6% in that same time period. The price for vegetables has remained uh, a little more stable. It's only went up 4.3%. But the price of prepackaged cereals and baked goods, well, it's up 7.7%. There is a high level of insanity here, and it needs to be dealt with. It is not the Putin 
price hike. It is the barely there Beijing Biden price hike. And there's no question about it. All right, let's uh, let's take that mid-hour break. Again, I've blown past it getting into those numbers, but it's an important it's an important bit. So you guys stay right where you're at. I'll be back after this very brief break. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To whom it may concern It's easy to get burned As the people of the United States wake up, the great reset against us will ultimately fail. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the egotistical Klaus Schwab, founder of World Economic Forum and its annual Davos Conference, said, quote, Corona Chinavirus scandemic provides a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world, unquote. Klaus Schwab also professed that he and his merry band of globalists will make us poor and make us like it. I say it's not going to happen because we the people are waking up and refusing the globalist agenda. Now regime figurehead Joe Biden said, quote, Ukraine war will mark the start of a new world order, unquote. But we the people are saying no to that madness as well. Americans are rapidly waking up and recognizing that they are being played by the leftist big government media complex. The wicked chaos of present times, which is a direct result from the elite's bad ideas and policies can no longer be covered up. And we the people are increasingly refusing to put up with or tolerate the evil mission of destruction being plotted against us and our republic overall. Thus, we shall exercise our unalienable right to reestablish and enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So help us the true and living God. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Break it down in layman's terms. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Everything is awesome. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. Everything is awesome. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. Everything is awesome. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name is Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. 
Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by. You're never gonna see what the other people see if you're always gonna be a line dog face pony soldier. I am indeed a line dog face pony soldier. Or at least I'm pretty sure that's what Joe would call me if he ran into me face to face because I would be asking him about Joe Flation. It's like, you know, the Putin price hike's not a real thing, right? I mean, uh, you can equate a small amount of stuff that uh, happened since then, but we were already on this avalanche course of uh, growing higher and higher. Okay. want to remind everybody that uh, right now, if you have a sweet tooth, there's a healthy alternative. It's actually good for you. They say they're protein bars. I'm still wanting to get independent lab verification. I, I, I need to run this on my uh, on my stash, uh, Built Bar. I'm talking about Built Bar. If you, too, have a severe weakness uh, as a result of your sweet tooth, uh, trying to, to eat healthier, something that's going to help you do that and still satisfy that uh, sweet tooth of yours, Built Bar is the way to go. I'm going to ask you, if you're listening to the podcast, please uh, just look in today's show description, copy the entire link and paste it to your web browser, unless... Somehow the entire link happens to be active, and it, and it is on some of the platforms, but most of the platforms, only part of the link is live, and I don't understand why that's the case. It's something with the way the links are formatted, I suppose. So if the entire link is not live, don't click on it. Copy the entire link, paste it to your web browser, and then go visit and check them out. And if you decide to place an order... Well, they're going to know that I'm the one that sent you, and uh, we take that win-win and make it a win-win-win because then you also help to support the show. And I'm heavily suggesting you uh, stock up on Built Bar products to go alongside with the My Patriot Supply stuff just in case things get kind of hairy uh, starting uh, around July 5th or so. I mean, that's oddly specific, right? But that's about the time... Uh, based on what I've seen that I think we're really in large swaths of this country going to start seeing significant issues in our food supply. I mean, and I don't say this to panic you. I don't want to freak you out, but I do happily recommend you. If I'm wrong, I'm going to be happy about it. But here's the deal. When it comes to My Patriot Supply products and when it comes to Built Bar products, having them on hand, it's much, much better to have them and not need them than it is to need them and not have them. It's the same as with ammunition and firearms. Better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. It's just a lot better that way. And if for some reason you can't uh, do that right now, uh, then uh, a little bit later you're like thinking to yourself, yeah, I, I really want to go do that. And I would like to support uh, Tap Into the Truth. I would like to help support Tim's show, uh, but I, I don't want to just send him money. Uh, I mean, I could just keep sharing and tell my friends to listen and, and listen to the, the monetized version of the show. So, yeah, uh, just listen to the ads, too. Listen to the end. Hear all the ads and, you know, help send a few cents per episode. You can do that, too. That'd be great. But maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you just want to buy some Built Bar. But then it's like, okay, well, I'll support 
the show a little bit by buying some Bilt Bar because I want the Bilt Bar anyway. Do that. You can also visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com. And uh, scroll down past recent guests and uh, that's on the homepage. And once you're past that, you will see uh, various buttons and banners. You click on those and it'll work just the same as if you had copied and pasted the link in the show description. So there you have it. All right, before we wrap things up today, we've been talking a lot about transgenderism and how ridiculous the left is taking their permissive behaviors, uh, all in the name of acceptance and equity, of course. One of the things that we saw them starting to do uh, in the last couple of years is allow biological men that were identifying as female to start going to all-women prisons. Well, the inevitable has occurred, and there's a recent story here involving a transgender inmate uh, in New Jersey. Seems that this inmate has impregnated two female prisoners. So a transgender inmate, a man, a biological male, a dude, who identifies as a woman, has reportedly impregnated not one, but two females that were being held at the New Jersey women's only prison. The double pregnancy occurs less than a year after the state began adopting their new radical gender theory practices in the prison system, which includes placing inmates in the facility based on their gender identification. Now, if that sounds absurd, it should. <laughs> that was kind of the point that I was making when we were talking about it before. But if it sounds absurd to you, then uh, you're reading uh, the articles, you're reading the reports, you're listening to me tell you the story, and you're wondering if you're on candid camera, uh, which for you younger folks out there was a prank TV show. It was one of the earliest versions of reality TV. They, it was like practical joke, well, impractical jokers, only uh, a little more uh, down to earth, I guess would be a good way to put it. So you're, you're wondering if you're judging by the demographics that I get for age groups for most of the listeners here, uh, you probably know what candid camera is, but uh, you're going to be wondering if you're on candid camera, you would, you'd be forgiven for thinking that this report was ripped uh, right off of reality TV. I mean, there is a TV show titled Love During Lockup. It's a spinoff of that uh, Love After Lockup show, uh, a show that I would not even know existed if it wasn't for the fact that my wife seems to enjoy it. I keep threatening to, to call the cable provider and uh, have them block some of these channels because she's constantly putting some of this stuff on as a, Please, for the love of Pete. And she wonders why I spend so much time uh, in my studio or in my uh, office. <laughs> so why aren't you spending more time with me? Because you've got this crap on the television. Anyway, I digress. So there is this uh, show titled Love During Lockup. Like I said, it's a spinoff of the Love After Lockup. Now, the idea behind the show is pretty obvious, I think. In, in the respective titles, they pretty much lay it out. One show documents inmates finding love during their time being uh, locked away. 
while they're incarcerated, uh, while the other show, of course, uh, features those who find romantic partners after their jail time has ended. Now, usually it's the drama of how after being locked up for a while and supposedly having fallen in love with somebody that you don't get to spend any real time with, how that actually works out in real time once it starts for real. I don't recommend it, but if you're familiar with it, then you either agree with me or you're like, oh, come on, man, it's a good show. Uh, no, no, it's not. You're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, the, the NJ.com, they reported this past week that two women, two women incarcerated at the Edna – Mahan Correctional Facility, which is the state's only female prison. Two of those inmates have become pregnant after having sex with a transgender inmate. Dan Spereza of New Jersey's Department of Corrections External Affairs Executive Director told NJ.com that, quote, consensual sexual relationships with another incarcerated person likely led to the two becoming pregnant. According to the spokesperson here, Edna Mahan houses 27 other transgender individuals. In 2021, the state of New Jersey began enforcing radical gender theory in its correctional system. The change occurred after the state was sued by an anonymous prisoner who was being kept in men's prisons despite identifying as female. Now, NPR reported that as part of the settlement between the unnamed individual and the state of New Jersey, the state's correctional department agreed to make, quote, it customary for prisoners who identify as transgender, intersex, or non-binary to be assigned a prison stay in line with their gender identity, not with the sex they were assigned at birth. Hey, guys, sex is not assigned. It's you look at the plumbing and, and you say, hey, that's what that is. But, you know, the lingo. We shouldn't just let the left define the terms because they're going to screw it up every time. Now, the decision between the two parties was, you know, it was praised by the left-leaning activist groups, all the folks that are pro-trans, fighting for trying to make them seen, trying to save their lives. The settlement of the lawsuit put in place systemic, far-reaching policy changes that uh, were designed to recognize and respect the gender identity of people in prison. This was according to Tess Borden, ACLU's New Jersey staff attorney. Now, of course, it should be mentioned that love during lockup typically features one person who's inside the jail and another who's on the outside. Seems like it would get pretty old pretty fast, but uh, this alleged story out of New Jersey might just give the producers uh, a whole new plot line to follow. I, just something out there for them to think about. It's absurd to make these types of accommodations in prison. Okay, first and foremost, if you have to go to prison, if you have committed a crime that requires a prison stay, then you're 
not in a position to make a whole lot of demands, period. I, I, it's, it should be – you're supposed to be going to get punished. Okay, it is pun It's meant to take away your freedoms for just a while so you can learn the cost of being a bad, bad person. Are you a bad person? Do you have to go to prison? Then it doesn't matter how you identify. If you're biologically male, we're going to put you with other biological men. Because as a transgender woman who happens to be gay, guess what? You're a straight man. It's no different. So why on earth is this guy getting two biological females pregnant and, and this is occurring in prison uh, the taxpayers of the state of New Jersey and I would imagine a fair amount of federal taxpayer dollars that help to supplement the prison system there are going to be used to provide medical care and to provide for what's required medically to give birth to these children unless of course the Folks can convince them to have an abortion, which in New Jersey you can do up to 10 years after birth now, it, it appears. So it's just the insanity of the left. It's, it's on parade. So very obvious. This actually is one of those occasions where I feel it necessary to, to say that any leftist that thinks this is acceptable behavior, it's the same message that I send to Joe Biden at the end of every broadcast. Let's go, Brandon. That's going to have to be it for tonight. Thank you so very much for being with me today. As always, I greatly appreciate it. And remember, don't take my word for it. But please, please, don't take their word for it either. Put in some effort, a little bit of time, and most importantly, use your brain. If you really want to tap into the truth. I'm out. Hey, Joe. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go. Hit their mouth.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.